Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. This is Adam Rivita. Uh, you're joining us for part four of our interview with Allison Guest. In this episode, we will talk about how we can support social-emotional learning using the cooperative learning skills and how the social skills as uh, described in the Brown book are just the start of our journey in supporting students. In addition, Allison reflects a little bit on her uh, 15 years in the cooperative learning game and uh, what comes next. So this is our final uh, installment of the interview with Allison. We're so lucky to have her and I hope you enjoy. Like you, you don't, you don't, you don't separate out of like, okay, so now we're going to talk about emotions separate compared to like something you're actually doing in the classroom. Like I see so many, I see, let's go with the emotion part. Like I, I see so many great English teachers that are incorporating that into the characters as they're reading a novel or a short story or just an expert excerpt from something. I mean, they talk about like the emotion of the character, but then they also like, well, how do you relate to that? So like they're bringing, you know, the self back into that where I go to, you know, if you, if you go, go to a science classroom, I'm seeing then it's not the emotion part, it's something else, but it's, it's related to like working together, who's contributing ideas and actually like listening for that then while they're working. I see that in a Socratic seminar in class where you know, you're having, you know, conversation. I just, I, it's, and when teachers are struggling to figure out when you hear that, it's like, I want, well, what I tell them, like, let's go and see somebody else. Like, let's go and watch this classroom to see how this goes out. Or, hey, let's, that's a great conversation to have with your instructional coach or, if it's a newer teacher that's like, I mean, I'm sitting through cooperative learning right now for Brown Book again, then with Aaron, it's awesome. But it's awesome because it's I'm seeing the teachers like in my building, then how they're trying to incorporate that or they're recognizing like I'm having this issue, where should I embed this and being able to offer some suggestions. I'm also trying to like not tell them what to do, like trying to get that they're, they're you know, they're, they're really good and trying to figure that out. But um, yeah, going back to Adam, your point. Um, it's that to me, it is, it's challenging, I think for me then to, because I'm th always thinking as a teacher of like, well, yeah, you just put it all together, but then trying to show some examples for people of what that actually looks like or helping them work through that to embed that through maybe, especially through evaluation when I have opportunities for formal, like a formal um, observation, especially during like a pre-conference to talk that through with people, then I think it just then it, it's, it goes back to the like, oh, I, if I try it, then I try it a couple of times and they get the hang of it. And then they're like, okay, I can do this. Um, makes them, I think, then just feel it. They, they feel empowered in the classroom to be able to continue. Yeah, I just want to bring us back to that game board because I think you, you mentioned some really great things there, Allison, which is, you know, that that we're not we're not being as culturally responsive as we possibly can be. And, and I really think that it comes down to, you know, for the longest time, you know, that game board was everything for us as, as trainers. And I think we learned too that like, you can still have the four Fs, you know, forming, um, formulating, fermenting, uh, functioning, you know, like those, not in that order, but, um, but you can have those four Fs, but as a, as a community, what do we value? Like if we were really hitting it as a group, what social skills would we see and where do we go from there? And I think having that conversation with your students and realizing that every classroom is going to be a little different, 
And, you know, now you've got this game board to relate back to if you get stuck, but, but not using that as like the be all end all, I think is, is what we've learned over time in 20 years or whatever it's been of doing this. Yeah, I think it's a good starting point. I'm always thinking about when teachers are starting to figure out, well, what do I want to talk with my students about? I'm always thinking like contributing ideas and encouraging words. Like those are <laughs> two good ones. And then it then starts to evolve. But then, yeah, I, you don't have to always go off the game board. I always loved um, what is the difference between authentic engagement and compliance and having students teach art that to really like dig down what it what what is that and then where are we going to embed that because I feel like that's in every class um I don't know though how well I did that when we talk about the culture responsiveness like what does that actually look like or sound like and really making sure um I've, I'm always thinking now like okay well if I was in the classroom now and I was doing that how much more aware I would be in what students are saying and sharing and really making sure that we're hearing um, all students then when it comes to especially that because I keep thinking about the difference with what is compliance and what that looks like especially um, for being white and when you're not white how, do the, how does that look how does that feel and I think that is a really good conversation to have with kids it's a great conversation to have with adults as well yeah. um, as a teacher how do you know your students are actually engaged versus compliant as we change grading practices, as, as we look at the way that we're truly assessing learning, we find that over the last 50 to 100 years, compliance was probably at the top of that list. And as we get away from things like checking in homework and multiple choice tests and all those things, we really start to see that we, we're, we haven't been measuring learning. And um, I think that's a, that's a huge paradigm shift to bring it back to the cooperative learning piece, as students are working in groups, having one student talk and then another student talk, then another student talk and doing those very basic things. Like that's, that's an algorithm that you can follow. That's a formula, but that might just be another part of another form of compliance where the teacher told me to do it this way. So I'm going to do it this way. There could be that different authentic engagement piece that it sounds, it sounds messy. It looks messy. It looks like chaos. It looks out of control. But that's okay if the end result is learning. If the end result is our students are getting better at being good partners. Um, Allison, what are you doing tomorrow at 9.57 in the morning? Because I would love for you to come into my third period class and just take them through that whole compliance and authentic engagement. Um, if you can come in and teach art that for me, because that'd be really great for them. Um, but I, I will say this all, all joking aside, you know, being with you three here, you know, I got my cooperative legs with, with the three of you, right. I, I grew, I grew up as an educator with the three of you. And I think it, it, this is something that I like to, to tell students, you know, and share with students you know, and I know all of you have talked about this at some point in a training, but that, that community of learners, just how special it can be, you know, because Allison, as you're, as you're talking about that, I'm writing myself a note. Oh my gosh, that is exactly what my fourth period class needs to hear. Or my, excuse me, my third period class needs to hear, you know, we need to talk about what is compliance versus, you know, authentic engagement. You know, it's, it's Derek, 
you know, talking about student learner, you know, are you a student? Are you a learner? It, you know, it, in all that stuff, it, you know, again, it just brings me to another place where, oh yeah, I need to circle back and I need to do that. So, you know, for anybody listening out there, find those people who are your community of learners, you know, in the classroom and plug in with them and talk about this and process this and do the things that you're asking your students to do to help you further cement that knowledge. So it's just nice to talk to you all tonight. No, because I think that learning with with all of you and then from all of you, I think that there's just such value in that. And I just haven't had that same opportunity, I think, in the same way. And it's tough because it's like it's so nice because it's like bouncing ideas off of one another. I was just, you know, Aaron, when you were talking, I was like, wait, I want to talk about perspective taking and academic controversies, but we probably don't have time for that. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you to all of you for I know just the work that we did. Right. And the work that we're doing now in the different roles that we now have and just the work that we're going to be doing in the future. I just just want to make sure you know how much I appreciate all three of you. Yeah, no, we, we I, I absolutely right back at you. We, we had some very special times. And I, I think when you talk about controversy and conflicts, like we had some disagreements along the way and we had definitely um, had to sort some things out as far as what's the best way to go about, you know, reaching all of our teachers and making sure that everybody had the best chance to implement and build expanding communities of learners beyond, you know, beyond our little circle and, and bringing in new trainers and, and, and all those things. And I think that just made us all, all better educators. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just glad Allison that you were really well organized because that is what I brought to the table. <laughs> And just so you know, I want to say maybe even Derek in the past year or two said something to me like, boy, Allison really rubbed off on you a little bit in this area. So, so with that, I think uh, <laughs> we can wrap up for the evening. And I want to say a big thank you to Allison for joining us. This was a lot of fun catching up and um, kind of stretching our minds and hearing your perspectives on a couple decades in, in the cooperative learning business. Um, that's uh, I think I think all of us are are starting to feel our age a little bit as uh, we can look back and we're we're some of the elder states people of of our schools. But um, thank you so much. No, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with all of you. And until next time, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson and Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.